Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. I'm the only guy that combed his hair for this, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, there's only two hair. There's <laughs> only two <laughs> hairs here. Uh, Coulter and I's hair looks phenomenal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me and Mike have a great barber. He styles it up for us. Very, very nice. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. I'm feeling pressure because I'm the one leading the ship. Usually, I just sit in the corner and drink my beers and let these guys ask me questions. But now... We're hosting it. We're here with the guys from the Grizz Band Pod, minus Luke, unfortunately. Yeah. Where's Jasper Moonshot at? <laughs> he is... Uh... He used to win prizes on the radio, and then we got in trouble because it was not a real name, and like the radio's federally regulated, so... <laughs> I did that was before I knew Luke. Oh so, God. anyways, his, that was like his, <laughs> his that was his pseudo name. Yes, yes. yes. Where is he at? He is visiting his girlfriend's family in the greater Denver area. Right? And then okay. after that, he's en route down to Texas. Yeah, mm. yeah. So he has he a got, girlfriend. He, he's got a girlfriend because well, he always yeah. talks about being scared of being married, right? Yeah, that that goes hand in hand. Two different. <laughs> but he's got a girlfriend. She's very nice. Well, that's good. Very good. Okay. Well, I'm here. Coulter Duanez. Britt Wahlberg's here. Kyle Samples here. Mike Nugent is here. So and and James, of course. There we go. Yeah, so appreciate you guys being here. Um, I feel like what is this? Like if Sports Center let somebody else host a show on their yeah uh, yeah right and then right. we're the guests. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, no, totally. It's uh, it's definitely a, do with my hands. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a role <laughs> reversal because I'm like always the host, but then when I come over here, I'm not the host, and it's so much less pressured. It's so great. So I think most people listening to this know about the Grizz Fan Pod and know about you guys. And uh, Brent's been making himself very well known no. on uh, Twitter lately uh, with all the receipts, which by the way has been. Top-notch, top-notch entertainment. I have been just crying laughing on Sunday mornings the last two weeks. <laughs> Good job. I recognize. I might be flying too close to the sun, but it's been quite the ride. Well, as, as uh, Shea smith McCon pointed out, one way or the other, you're going to have a really wild day on Twitter. Oh, yes. Championship yeah. Sunday. Yes, you, yes um, you are. Every tweet of mine is getting bookmarked right now. So I you say know, Every anything. tweet of mine is yeah. getting bookmarked right now, too. So wow. by, by, I think just You by, tweet a lot less than he does. By, and I rarely tweet about, you know, anything that he does. Um, but I will say this. Like, if you if somebody on Twitter is upset because you go and grab something they said yeah. and jump on it, I don't think they really understand how Twitter works. Yeah, yeah. It's, so okay. it's like a it's just a bar. It's just an yeah. online bar. That's right. Yeah. Like so where people just shout things out. Yeah, don't be so sensitive and just, you know, there's a couple people out there who might be cat fans who should note that uh, And maybe one Grizz yeah. fan it sounds like too. Oh, yeah. so. so for the uh like 17 people listening that don't have any idea what the Grizz fan podcast is, it is a podcast that uh three Grizz fans came together to do. You guys all claim certain ownership in this and that's awesome tell them the origin story though for people that haven't heard this yeah i mean first of all i think we're the largest sports podcast in the state of montana so acknowledge, <laughs> acknowledge <laughs> it is yeah. I, I believe it is you it's... may be a professional we're amateurs yeah, yeah. Um, no, i'm just joking it says a lot about the state of society <laughs> <laughs> no it um it started out um our buddy luke actually 
under the the you know the fake name Jasper Moonshot was <laughs> contributing to a random pod on on Montana Mint. Yep. And it was kind right. of like Big Sky Conference and all that stuff. And they did, they did some what fun stuff. What happened to stuff. those guys? But um, I think, you know, they're still around. They just they're start, still around. They're, they're just, just not doing pods. Timing, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because I can attest pods are time-consuming. Right. Indeed. But uh, I didn't think, I, I stumbled across it. And then I was listening and I figured that was Luke, who I, Luke and I went to college together. He was in our wedding, so we're good friends. And um, I was just like, this is terrible Grizz content. We can do so much better. <laughs> and Luke and I are on this big thread with a bunch of our buddies who always want to know what's going on. So Luke's like, hey, let's do a pot. And we recorded, I think, one episode. And then I told Luke, hey, you know who my buddy Brent is. And anybody who follows the Grizz on the internet at all knows who Brent is. Mm. It's like, hey, let's get him That's because Brent has enough balls to post under his <laughs> real name on eGrizz. <laughs> so it's like, hey, let's get Brent to come do a show with us. And then we just kept him. So wow. that's the early origins of the pod. And now it's just become the whole idea is like sitting down and having beers with your buddies talking about the Grizz, right? That's it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, Mike, you might have done a couple episodes because I think what brought me in was, and I, I, I talked about this just the other day, we were coming back from a realtor event. Oh, yeah. We were, were driving back. You from were driving. Bozeman or Butte. Or and something. then we were, you were getting so mad listening to this other podcast. You're like, I need to pull over and I need to respond to these guys. <laughs> And uh, and you're oh, like you, you gotta that. come on, you gotta come on the next one and we gotta you know because well, anyway. that podcast was like a cat and a grizz yeah and well, there's, there's two this... cats because there's parlay yep and, there's and Nate Nate and then Bear Tycoon and, you know just Nate obnoxious yes. cat fan uh, Bear Tycoon very well intentioned maybe ill informed grizz fan <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and so I would live tweet their pots and correct them. With all ah, this information. Yes. And so then, you know, it Nate, just started out. Nate in my phone is still called Cold Take Nate. Cold Take from when Nate. you're tweeting. I love that. it. I love it. Well, I will say, as uh, I listen to this every week, not only because you guys are great friends of mine, but also because it's awesome. And like, I, I give you guys, here's the best compliment I could give you is this is a really fun and funny podcast through the lens of fans for sure. They don't take themselves too seriously. But the thing I give you guys so much credit for is you guys watch the games. That's the best part. Like, I feel like so many people that I see, and it's why I have a, a role at ESPN and at Skyline Sports, they go to the games, they have so much emotional attachment to the games, they don't really pay attention to the games that much. So then when I'm giving them the recaps and the you know the write-ups and the podcast and stuff, they kind of need that to be able to say what actually happened because they're spending a lot of time doing a lot of things besides actually watching the game so that's what I, that's why I, I always listen back because it's not only funny and fun but uh you guys notice a lot of stuff so good job you guys are great observers even if it's through the lens of fans yeah well, i think we all come out of different angles because brent yeah brent you know does his homework probably Sometimes. a lot more than the rest of us yeah. mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know i'm the irrational fan luke is intelligent on things that kind of border football Mm-hmm. The Bill Walton of the pod, right? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> James just you know takes it all in and, and probably makes the least irrational uh, picks of any of us. He has the best average. Yeah, James is killing it. Okay, so James, you're 10. So you're in fifth grade. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so do people at school talk about the Grizz fan pod? Not really. Oh, okay. Do your teachers? It's <laughs> probably a good mm. thing. How about your coaches? <laughs> Your I mostly have definitely commented on things you've said on the pod before. I mostly want to know what it's like to be a child star. You know, you're like famous for being 10 years old. Tell me, <laughs> tell, tell me what happened on the field after the semifinal game. Oh, people came up to me and someone was like, 
Hi, James. You don't know me, but I listen to the pod. Can I have a selfie? <laughs> <laughs> it's begun. That's great. And uh, it's, it's been fun because, like, we will be, like, going to get pizza at halftime or something like yeah. that. And we'll, I'll, we'll see people and be like, hey, Mike. And, you know, say hi. And, like, Is this James? Like, <laughs> we know him from the pod. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fascinating because someday you're going to be old like us. And you're going to remember back to these times. You are, because I heard you guys talk about like where you were in the ninety when you were watching the ninety five. You guys were you sample and Nugent were both at the UC ballroom, right? I didn't know that. I yeah. remember I went to the yep. I went to the Wilma. They showed it at the Wilma. Nice. Where were you at? Did you? I was at my parents' house. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, because my family's not from here, so we had no idea about any of this stuff. Wow. Like my parents are like not really into sport. My dad was a great athlete, but he never was into sports. My parents lived in the middle of nowhere all through their first 13 years of their marriage until we moved to Missoula in 93. And uh, I had never been to like a Grizz anything. And then 95, we went to the Wilma and We're like, oh, this is kind of a big deal. So the next year, my parents start letting me go with the neighbors. And then all of a sudden, my dad goes and he's like, well, this is cool. I'm, I'm buying some tickets to this. And then all of a sudden, we were season ticket holders and the rest is history. But I don't know. Someday, maybe we'll have an ESPN radio show, James. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh they always ask you questions. What questions do you have for us? You should ask Coulter if being a uh, radio host in Missoula, Montana is a lucrative profession. Mm. What do you say? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, sadly about the rest of the state of media, it's significantly more lucrative than all of the other jobs you could have in the local media. And it's right. by quite a bit. So oh. that's... Uh, I'm just trying to and that, say that's not because I'm saying I make so much money. I'm just saying like the uh, you hear that KPAX? Yeah, man. I mean those poor guys. Jeez, might as well just might as well just work at the laundry mat. Um, wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. gotta be doing better than that. Uh, it's close. Pays that Olive Garden. Though. It's close. Uh, okay, James, are you going to Frisco? Yes. What do you want to see in Frisco? Is there anything particular you want to see or do? Have you thought of anything but the football game as it relates to Frisco? No. What do you think Texas is like? Big. <laughs> it is certainly big. Is there anything... Do you like barbecue? Kind of. Kind of. I think once you get Texas barbecue, you'll probably like it more. Like, Do you like ribs? Steak? Yeah. You're a steak yeah. guy. Steak, like steak. Macaroni and cheese? Mm-hmm. Applesauce? I mean, there's some pretty ridiculous barbecue down where you're going. So, uh, what do you think of the game? Grizz are two two touchdown underdogs. What do you think of that? I don't know. You think that the Grizz have done well being the underdog all year? When have we really been the underdog? Well, quite a bit. After the NAU podcast, me and Sample had them underdogs forever. <laughs> yeah, so. and I'm dead. Married <laughs> them. I think we're underdogs for Davis for Idaho. Mm-hmm. Not for sad. Cats. We're underdogs for the cats. We're underdogs, for, underdogs for the cats. Dogs for cats. And we started dogs for NDS. And then it switched. And then it for, switched back. Yeah. It went okay. to one. And it did switch for, back on the game. Yeah. Oh, I made my dad feel like I told him he was wrong. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Ralph. You're <laughs> well, not listening. So, so James, <laughs> South Dakota State's won 28 games in a row. They're number one. They're the undefeated. They're the nas- defending national champs. Did the Grizz have a chance in Frisco? Yeah. What do you think gives them a chance? The run. Run game. Gilman. It's good. All right. What else they got? What do they got to do defensively? What do you think? Stop Mark Gronowski and like that 
those receivers and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Have you watched much of this Gronowski kid? Like, have you done your film study yet, James? Well, whenever the Grizz were away, I usually found <laughs> it. You scouting the, the rabbits. And then the SU. All right. What works against him? Do you have a Do you have a clue? No. You, okay. <laughs> well. 28 teams in a row. Nobody so. else. Nobody else. Yeah, no one else. Nobody else. You're not alone. The last time they lost was to Iowa in a so fitting seven Iowa. to three game. Of course. And Iowa had two safeties. Iowa had two safeties. They didn't even score a touchdown. Two safeties and a field goal. Beat them seven to three oh with two safeties and a field goal. That's I'm how Iowa scores seven points. Isn't that crazy? That's called the Iowa, <laughs> right? That's how they do it down James, there. James, would it be boring or fun to be a fan of Iowa? Because <laughs> they win all their games like that. They you, score like 10 points a game, and they still went like 10-3, and three, right? You get to see yeah. the less exciting half of the conference, so there's that. Yeah, true. for sure. Uh, anything else, James? Any words of wisdom? or Who are you picking in this one? Because you've been pretty spot on. You've, you have, you've been pretty objective about this yeah, all year yeah. long. What do you think? Grizz. He's going with the Grizz. Oh, do you have a score? No. No, you're not, not yet. yet. Okay. Got to watch a few more South Dakota State games. Right? All right. Okay. All right. Do a little, Do a little more, more scouting. Yeah. Right. Smart. All right. Like it. <laughs> Anything else to add before we let you go back to having your best Saturday ever? Mm-hmm. Is... Do you guys want to go to the JFK Museum with me when we're down there? I have been to the JFK Museum, I think. Oh, so you No, been... I went to the JFK Library oh, when okay. I was in Boston. I might. Okay. You should go. You should go. I'm taking it's, my, it's my very dad interesting. is definitely going to want to go. Yeah. So. It's very interesting. I mean, there's stuff that we get down on Friday and like. The Grizz Fest is like at what five on Saturdays? So yeah. To come up with something to do during the yeah. day. Is it in Dallas? Yeah. Oh, nice. It's right where. Oh. It's right where the CIA shot him. Huh. Oh. <laughs> well, that's something. Wow. <laughs> okay. This was our lunch conversation yesterday. <laughs> Me, Sample, my uh, new wife, and uh, my our great friend Whitney Burmis. <laughs> Who's dealt with us uh, at a high level for 15 plus years? That's really uh, it yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sample's talking about Princess Diana and the Queen killing her and the CIA shooting JFK. Candace is just like cool. Candace and Sample are great friends, independent of me, so that's good. But uh, if you guys want to have a separate podcast, <laughs> totally in. Uh, James, what are you watching in there? What's what game is on? Arizona FAU. Mm, nice. Oof. Have any of the bowl games you've watched so far been exciting? Hmm. That's tough. There really hasn't been a good ball game no. lately yet, has there? Yeah. yeah. Six and six versus six and six. Yeah. 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 All right, James, you can go back. Thanks for thanks for thanks, chiming James. in. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. See you, dude. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you want for Christmas? We gotta get you out of here on that. Yeah. Santa's listening. I Santa listens to the pod. Mole all the pods, in fact. He's got a gift coming. Should be here any day. I don't know when. Santa actually might be concerned about some of the words you've dropped on the podcast Ooh, this year. Grandma is, I heard. Grandma for sure. <laughs> you know. Hey, if ever your grandma gets mad at you, just blame it on Luke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for, thanks for coming over. Love you, buddy. All right. Yeah, thanks, James. If life has become overwhelming, crazy, and hectic, then now is the perfect time to try the healing powers of CBD. Greenhouse Pharmacy has a full CBD apothecary with the largest selection of whole plant, full spectrum CBD products in the state of Montana. Choose from high quality brands and products like tinctures, balms, coffees, and tea, edibles, and so much more. Plus, Greenhouse Pharmacy offers exclusive products such as relaxing bath bombs, soaking salts, pain patches, and lotions. Visit Greenhouse Pharmacy on 3rd Street across from the Good Food Store.
I still can't get over Jasper Moonshot. That's such a great name. Isn't that hilarious? I wonder if he checks into hotels under that name. But by the way, Sample's here, too. You already heard a pod with him earlier this week. so <laughs> yeah, uh, He's a familiar Skyline Sports uh, contributor, so... Uh, here yeah, we are. Yeah, regular on the podcast. Backup. Yeah, he's, right. he's, I'm the backup quarterback. On yeah, the yeah. Fan Call pod. him the six, like Jamal six Crawford of the, of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty good. cool. Well, uh, unlike the Grizz Fan Pod, we have a whole bunch of sponsors that we got to thank. Uh, first of all, Road to Frisco. Uh, I I dove into taking uh, the last two and a half weeks of 2023 20, uh, off and then said, well, I'm not going to have a radio show, so we should do podcasts every day and uh, do a whole bunch of social media content. So uh, thanks to our great friends at Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorneys, as well as Greenhouse Pharmacy, the only green certified uh, dispensary here in uh, the Garden City. And uh, we'll shout out the rest of our sponsors as this continues to go along. I know you guys did a, a full 45 minutes on last Saturday, but I have to tell you, I'll tell you my story. So to me, last Saturday was the, the greatest game that I have covered as a, a, a sports journalist. It was oh, that makes me happy because I saw the a headline on the skyline tweet that said uh, Coulter and Burks are going to talk about where this ranks and yeah, Sky and I was oh, yeah, these yeah. bastards are going to pick well, a cat game. Up yeah, there. yeah, no, no, no. So it was uh, it was fascinating because um, the only bastards. other game that was really in the the running was 2009 App State, but I was not covering that as an objective member of the media mm-hmm. at that exact moment. I had been working at the Missoulian and I'd been writing their game day features all fall along. So I was a features guy, but I'd just taken a job at Ellensburg, Washington. So I went to that game with my parents. This is when my dad was still alive. And I went to that game with my parents. My brother was a redshirt on that team. All of my roommates at the time were playing on that team or had just got done playing the year before. Several of my childhood best friends, you know, Jason Ty Palmer, and then, you know, their roommates at the time, Mark Mariani, Shan Schilliger, those guys, those are my, like, friends from all through college. And so I went as a fan, and, and that was certainly a, a, an awesome moment in time. But I was thinking as I stood on the field, I was thinking about, like, the, the bookends of my life that I experienced because at that moment I was about to move away from Montana for the first time. I was about to basically, like, cut ties with my – old Grizz life and, you know, venture out into covering like other stuff, mm. move away from my hometown. And now 14 years later, this is how fun, crazy life is, how much it could change right now. I just got married last week. We're having a kid next month. I was like, wow, if that's the bookend, the first time I move away and then the first time the Grizz go back in 14 years, like that's a, that's a pretty cool, like poignant passage for me. So all that said, I thought it was, uh, you know, for me personally, it was just a cool moment to see it come full circle. But also, I mean, man, what a game. <laughs> I mean, that was just like a ridiculous game. It was like a day that like lingered with you too. Like, oh, I'm absolutely. Like, I didn't write my game story until five o'clock the next night because I was like, well, I'm just going to take my time because people will read it no matter what. Yeah. And like. I did read it. It was great. I it was needed to like compartmentalize. It was the best gamer oh. of the season. Thanks, man. Well, I mean, it's talking about a great game to have, you know, so. Um, that was, it was fascinating. You know, I've been thinking a lot about that, like comparing the two, because I think in my head I've, I have come down to my two favorite games ever at that stadium are those two. Yeah. Um, you know, there have been some great cat games. There's been, been some other things. I know I've said stuff on the pod. Um, but it's been interesting around town because a lot of people have been talking about, well, which one's better. Right. And a lot of people are making the case 09 App State. And I could see it because – they were the defending national champions. They'd won three in a row. They'd run three in a row. They'd won like, the big house in Michigan. This is the giant. We need to. I mean, Armonte Edwards at that exact moment was like, 
Yeah. I mean, he was like arguably the greatest FCS player and ever, right? I still right? love that yeah. his career ended with a loss at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Right. That is one of those like on the wall of Grizzly <laughs> For sure. You know, like, hey, right. we, we did this. You did not get your third did national title. Um, but man, I don't know the double overtime aspect of, right. of last week. Like, that is I, the pressure and the moment and just the way that their fan base traveled decently. It was, mm-hmm. you know, everybody stuck around and those players stayed on the field. I don't know. I mean, I last week might be it. And, and the sequences, especially the Grizz two-point conversion from right. Junior with the face mask, knowing he's got to throw it in there, the double, like, two NDSU players tipping it, and Keelan just flying, throwing his hands up in the air. For sure. I still like think that Junior Bergen's QB history, and knowing that hey, there's a there's a flag, so I have to throw it to the end zone. Right, need to take this chance. Yeah, like no other person who throws the ball on the Grizz would have done that for sure. As my brother and I talked about, so often college football is all about either succeeding and making plays or failing, and like the other team capitalizing on that. I think that's what made the end of that game so epic was, like, you look at the game in Bozeman between North Dakota State and Montana State. It came down to overtime. It was a one-point game. But there was multiple failures that led to that. The Cats not converting that fourth down, right, going into the fourth quarter. Tommy Malak getting hurt. Like, a couple turnovers that got overturned. And then, of course, infamously, the blocked extra point. Those were all mistakes that led to it. This was guys making plays. I mean, Cam Miller just nuts up and just have, like, his epic two-minute drill. And then the Grizz just keep, you know, then NDSU scores on the first drive of overtime. Then the Grizz score on the first drive of overtime. Then you get the crazy yeah. Eli Gilman touchdown. Then you get the two point conversion. Then NDSU answers with a touchdown. It was making plays. It just yeah. built and built and built until all of a sudden just the crescendo was just insane. I mean, it felt like a movie. It felt like a movie. <laughs> it was like a movie ending. Yeah. Right. I, my so at Washington Grizz for media passes, you um, either got a press box pass or you got a sidelines pass, and. Halfway through the fourth quarter, I was like, I'm not, I'm going down there. I'm not sitting in this press box. I'm, like, I'm just going to go down there. I'm going to walk through the tunnel. I'm going. I'm so glad I did. Cause I was sitting, I was, I was actually probably standing right below you, Nuge, cause I was standing right there in the north end zone. Mm-hmm. Well, first the south end zone. And then everybody got to watch all of us media guys with all of our That's gear. Yeah. You know, I'm wearing my cowboy boots and my snow coat, and I've got three different bags worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sprinting across the field. Me and Brandon Sullivan were like, cool. Yeah, not really warmed up for this. And the refs were like well, moving it. We were like, ref, we got to get like the refs there. forgot. They did. Like they were going to stay in the south end zone yeah. until Bobby was like, hey, guys, you know, yeah. we, we switched. Right. Totally. totally. Other That's what happens. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and they were like, oh, right. We, oh, yeah. 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 Almost Whoops. blew that one. Yeah. Well, last point on this, and then we'll get into some uh, uh, stuff about uh, the season as a whole. I thought that if you're talking about comparing 09 App State in this game, I think one thing that's always going to color the App State game, like it's it's a check in the App State game's favor, was how brutal the weather was. Yeah, this game was not like it was pretty mild. It was like, yeah, it was like it's in the thirties, and like it was not windy or raining or snowing. That was like quintessential Montana like blizzard when App State yeah. was here. That and, and you know, got a team from North Carolina, so that that part was I think in the in the favor. But the other thing is the that Grizz team had one like. 51 out of their last 55. I mean, they had gotten undefeated the year before until they, I guess they'd gone, they, they were 14 and Leader, one yeah. the year before and went to the national championship. So they, they finished 14 and two. And that team was, I believe, 13 and 0 or 14 yeah. and 0 mm-hmm. before they won it. Yep. So it was like the last 
step to get back. Whereas this one, I think that's why people have will always remember it so fondly. It's like the latest in this team. The step to get back. Def- and also like the latest in the defying of the odds. Because like at the same time, I feel like Missoula and Grizz fans have totally believed in this team over the last month, but also been like, can they really do it? Yeah. It yes. wasn't like this expectation. And then it's like, whoa, they just beat three of the most prestigious programs, four of the most prestigious programs in the country in a row <laughs> to now go back to Frisco. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, that's a great point, though, because I think at oh, by the point of 09, us as Grizz fans, like national title was the expectation. That's the whole right. Way. Yeah, because it's right. Because App wasn't the defending champ because we had lost to Richmond. In a oh, Richmond that's right. Because App, yeah. App won in uh, 06 and 07. Seven, yeah. yeah. And so the Grizz had just won so much, and the program was so incredibly dominant at that time. And I think still, it like it, the NAU game still this year seeps into our mind, and you're like, oh God, is this going to happen? And I think we've had 14 years of falling short of expectations in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So, like the return to it, I don't know. Maybe just the wind feels so much better. Mm-hmm. It's that, that excitement on that other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like demons were exercised by yeah. that. Like, yeah, no demons were being exercised yeah. in the nine. No. <laughs> We're going back, I guess, but yeah, you could feel it. I mean, you guys, you guys work in real estate. You guys are around Missoula. Sample works downtown. Like, you can no, I totally work at home. Well, yeah, well, you live downtown, so <laughs> you, live you work downtown. Hip strip, yeah. Uh, you go downtown a lot. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen you hustling downtown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sold merchandise. Yeah, you Sold can merch. tell though. Like, you can feel it, right? Oh you, yeah. You can, you can totally feel it. Oh, you can feel it, and I think it's been good for this community. Um, but I think, and I think we talked about this on the pod last time, but one of the reasons I think I've enjoyed this year so much is that I just feel like this is all gravy. Like, right. from the standpoint of, it wasn't the pressure of, like, this is a national championship team. It's like, this team is coming out and beating their expectations, and let's just do it for one more game. Yeah. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Probably presented in part by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. If we really had cojones, we could make some great content by posting our group chat. Oh my god! I don't think we should do that. I don't think. It's just like we, yeah, we would have to make full time careers out of solely the Big Sky Breakdown <laughs> yeah, because all the rest of our jobs would go fired. would go away for sure. But uh, one thing I, worth referencing from our group chat was. Coming out of the NAU game, we had heard rumblings of some internal stuff at Montana that they were, you know, they're saying, hey, you know, put up or shut up. It's time to go. Where are we at this program? Uh, you know, from an administration standpoint to to Bobby Houck and his staff. And we were sort of in jest but also sort of seriously talking about would winning at UC Davis and or Idaho actually be a bad thing for the Grizz program because it was going to sustain – or, or at least give a little bit more uh, juice to the fact that maybe Bobby Howe does sign a long-term extension. Well, now here we are, and we're 10 wins in a row since then. Well, I think I think what you're getting at when you say, like, is it a bad thing or not, was are we going to set ourselves up for another either 
first round or second round exit where we right. get a home game, we win it, we go on the road, we lose. Right. Because that's been that's been the route of this team for a while. A for sure. Time. Yeah. Well, I think that the NAU thing messed with people so bad because it wasn't just the singular event of them losing at it to an zero and three team. I think it there was so many things that conjured up all of the failures and the the bad execution and the bad coaching decisions of the last couple of years, right? Like they they refused to pull Sam Vidlak. They they had all these weird things. They were not weird. They had all these complete poor, completely poorly executed things within the scope of the game. And it was like. Well, these guys are stuck. They're stuck. They they're unflexible. They don't want to make any changes offensively. You know, they they can't figure out the quarterback thing. And then they changed all of it. I mean, yeah, hard to hard to add to that, really. I think that what it was was this fear of like not it wasn't just a loss. It was that they looked hopeless. They're hopeless, and they they, they, they looked, looked like, like they had checked out. They looked like yeah. they'd given up yeah. on each other yeah. and on the staff. Yeah. That was the like, part that, that was like striking. So, yes, I think what our concern was, and then on the pod after that and stuff like that, it's like say what you want about Bobby Houck, but that sort of thing never for sure happens. Yeah. Yes. So like yeah. it was reasonably like, what on earth is happening right now? And for me, it wasn't just that game. It was if you looked at the twelve games. If you looked at the basically a season's worth of games up to that point, they were six and six. Yes, and they lost to they lost bad to pretty much every really good, good team. team they played. Yes, um, I mean they struggled against Sac State, right? Without a quarterback, say what you want, yeah. but they struggled against bad teams. Mm-hmm. So it was like if we're this far into this tenure, right, and this is where we are, then why do we think there's any like hope to get out of this? Like that was for me, it was just like the hope this was turning around and there was like some momentum. It just felt like there was no momentum. Like it felt dead. And that was the scariest thing for me coming out of that game. How do you think it changed so fast? I think we, like we talked about the other night, I think like trust. trust. I don't know what it was, but like I think getting out of the way a little bit from Bobby and changing a few things up, sticking with a quarterback and then just, it just seems like he has more trust in what his defensive staff wants to do yes and what his offensive coordinator wants to do and he sort of lets them do those things yes you almost wonder if after that nau game coaches uh, assistant coaches with the program mostly brent pease and maybe a few others like went to bobby and were like look these like these first five games this has not worked and nau is the culmination of what right. is not yeah. working yes trust us go with us and lose a little bit of control on these details that you're used to having that firm grip on. Well, something happened because a, they did finally switch Vidlak and start building the offense around him instead of McDowell switched away from Vidlak right. to McDowell yeah. Yeah. started building offense around him instead of trying to force either one of them into some weird offense. Cause yes. I think we can all agree up through that NAU game, whatever they were trying to do on offense wasn't working for either QB. They had no yeah. identity. They had no identity like, was, again. It, yeah, it just didn't make sense. So it's like, it's not as simple. And I know that there's some, there's going to be some mouth breathers out there that just say, oh, you know, nothing changed. They just, you know, it all worked. It's like BS. That is <laughs> no, like, there's a lot that changed. They absolutely, you know, recognize that there's some things oh, yeah. going on, shook some things up. I absolutely. also think there's a complete reality that Bobby Houck is better when his back is against the wall. I 100%, which is why kind I'm enough. actually kind of excited about the whole. Him telling his team they're two touchdown underdogs. Like, For sure. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. And I think the administration put pressure on him. I think that changed his mindset. I think he reverted back to the mindset of his first tenure, which was when they were on year-to-year contracts. And even though he went 80 and 17, right. he, I mean, Greg Rack always tells a story about how, how you could scream at him at practice all the time. We, we're coaching for our jobs, man. You know? <laughs> like, even though you're not. Like, he, he went 51 and 6 in the big sky. You're I think not. You're not. Give you a few losses. <laughs> but but, but I, I think there's an element there. I also think there's an element of they – they were. They knew they were going to have to rely on a whole bunch of guys that in September weren't ready. Mm-hmm. Yep. And by October they started getting a little better, and then by November you're like, oh, they're actually good. Yeah. You know, like Jackson Lee didn't know what was going on for the first month of the season. By the second month of the season you're like, oh, this guy's coming. He's pretty good. And then by the third month of the season you're like, oh, this shit, this guy scored two defensive <laughs> touchdowns and he's like a legitimately really good player. Yep. I think good. that's what happens with these small town kids too, right? Like. Ryder Meyer can't figure out what he's doing on the field until he's on the field. And then all yeah. of a sudden, he's like, oh, I can do yep. this. I'm the man. I, I'm... How are you going to react? Right. And so I think there's an element there as well. There is like, uh, I don't know, remember what podcast I was listening to, but it was an NFL one. And they were talking about like the art of having teams, the coaches that get their teams to play better throughout the season. Right. The aim is not September. Right. The aim is build week in and For week sure. out. And how do you get a team to do that? And... Bobby Houck has been great at that throughout his time here, except for maybe one year, last year. But well, the thing he is seems, crazy he too, seems like really good at being able to get his team to build and get better. The thing that's the crazy year. is you look at the second tenure of Bobby. The first tenure of Bobby, they just pretty much won. But they would always build and get better throughout the year. The second tenure of Bobby, they were great in September and great in November, but they always sucked in October. <laughs> there was multiple t- times where they would – I mean – Sammy and Kim's junior year, they they went over in October. They went zero and three, and lost the game in North Dakota where they're running the two point conversion sneak with Colin Bingham. And I thought Bobby was going to kill Frank (laughs) (laughs) when he asked him about it, you know. But so now though, that's what they figured out. They were this year. It was actually they were bad in September, but they just figured out how to win. Yeah, three of the games, and then they were well. They had their okay in September too. Yeah, and then they were okay in October, and then. Great in November and outstanding in December. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, it feel, we, we try to find the comparisons. And Coulter, you say it's still more the 09. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that was like 08. For sure. We were not great in September. Drop a game. Yep. And then just piece it together, piece it together, and get better is and it, better. I mean, Found I an identity. We're searching for comparisons in the Bobby era, but isn't it really more 11? Well, that's... Flugrad era. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that you team, guys are all searching for. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that, that team was, that team was yeah. what, like two and three or three and three or something? Some, you know, something like that. And they had last, lost to Sac State, and then the next week, Jordan Johnson freaked out. And they just went on this huge run, and it point. was like they yeah. figured it out. And yeah. that is what this team feels the yeah. most like to me. It's like yeah. they figured it out. Yeah. Um, but the other interesting thing is, you, Kyle, you talked about the team you know, getting better as the year goes on and getting the most out of the guys. Um. You notice they're not rotating all the positions as much as they used to. Like, on running back, they're rotating constantly. Who knows what the running back rotation is. D-line still got the regular rotation. The receiver rotation has almost stopped. Yeah, yeah. Four receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Right it's now. the Spider-Man duo trio. Yeah, Spidey Squad. Sawyer Brown. And, um, <laughs> and Drew comes in. You know, but we never see Simpson anymore. Rock and Ellie Outside of that uh, two-point conversion. Two conversion. Yeah, he doesn't play that much. He doesn't play that, but the ball's not going his way. Like, it's been interesting as it's 
kind of gotten there. It's, yeah. it's they've really tightened it on that group, and I don't blame them. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, offense hasn't looked great in the postseason. So for sure, but it, maybe, it's, we're, it, maybe we're getting a little too they, cautious. They've gone. That's what's so interesting, though, is that they Bobby's always liked to play a lot of guys. Yeah, but it was so like inconsistent and unbalanced because they were rotating everybody but not a couple guys the last couple years. And now it's like it's by position group, right? Like they don't rotate the receivers. They rotate the running backs a lot, but it's not a lot of guys. No, it's they just rotate It's it's Gilman and Osmo back and forth and, and then well, no, Harris, Harris every once in a while, right? And we started last week. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh the lineman actually, the offensive line actually rotates more than ever. Like in terms of, because Pamphiloff is such a uh, which I'm good with because that, for the first time in a long time we're going to lose guys but still have people who have played. totally yeah. So there's that part, but then corner they don't rotate as much. Safeties it, they just roll those guys. It's just two by two over and over and over again. Mike Ryder made a great point. Mike Ryder's our uh, one of our contributing analysts. He does a lot of Bobcat stuff for us, but he worked for Bobby Houck at UNLV for a couple of years. So he he's very intrigued by the Grizz as well, and he's good at ob- analyzing it objectively even though he's a former cat. He was an all-big sky safety. He said that that is one of the most disconcerting parts about Montana's defense to opponents, like one of the most confusing parts. Because they don't know who to plan. They, and, they don't, and they don't know who's in. They're like, oh, which combo? Because yeah. Fouch and Lee and uh, Ryder Meyer and Garrett Graves can all play the with TCU, each other. And like yeah. they just... And everybody's always fresh, and that, I thought oh, that's a that's an interesting part. But I so think, you're saying that they they rotate so much successfully that there's not tells. As that's to right. Like, oh, when this combo's in the field, that's do right. This. That's right. Yeah, I think it makes it really hard for them to game plan for. I love it. I love it though. It's cool. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Big Side Breakdown, SkylarsportsMT.com, proudly presented by Town Pump. Town Pump took us all across the country. We did the math. Andrew Houghton and I did the math there today. 5,200 miles driven this year. Uh, and Town Pump kept us fueled up all season long. Fortunately, we're not driving to Frisco, Texas. I'm not going, but the rest of the crew is. Town Pump, though, sending those guys down there. So Town Pump, Brawl of the Wild, by the mile, has been an uh, awesome promotion these last three years. And uh, they're getting us down to Frisco as well. So... Uh, thanks to Clancy and the folks over there at Town Pump. Uh, Fifty-two hundred the miles and two cars. Yeah, right. Two cars, right? Didn't yeah. you have to uh, switch out like midway through the season? Uh-huh, yeah. Your car blew up. Yeah. Well, my car was just blown up. Yeah. <laughs> How many times has your car blown up in the last few years? I feel like. This well, is this. Well, I had times. this one car that just kept blowing up. I finally got rid of it. So knock on wood, cross my fingers. That... I, have, I have a more important question though. Since okay, ready. You just read off. You're sponsored by Town Pump. Yeah. Um, do you have like a connection there? Because I have some thoughts about this new building they're putting in over by my house. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd like them to serve food as well. Would you, okay. Would you get on that? I mean, Town Pump is like the juggernaut of Montana businesses. There's a lot going on. I, I think I, I read that Town Pump is like one of the three most profitable businesses in all of Montana. I mean, they own a whole hotel right. in uh, right? Helena, right? Um, and you got to think like <laughs> they own a hotel. Like think about all know. the think it's about all the right Class C it. towns, right? I mean, yeah. there's like 138 Class C high schools, right? Those towns like. Town pumps like the store there, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. they, 
there's a town pump everywhere. And that's what makes town pump great. It's great that you've got them as a sponsor. That's it's nice that they recognize that this is a value. Oh, they and they love it. And uh, I know that they uh, there's several of those guys that are loyal listeners. So awesome. we appreciate uh, appreciate them for tuning in. Well, reach out to me if you want to hear my thoughts on your news. Oh, okay, so what uh, what what kind of food do we want in here? I just want anything. They're putting they're, just anything. Just some breakfast they, burritos. They the old, or, um, this is still um, gonna be like a old silver tip. You want like a over little, here? You want like a little kitchen? And in silver there? tip had a kitchen and all that stuff when they bought it. They closed. You the want kitchen. like a sit down? You want like grab and go? Now it's gonna be a casino and a liquor store. I'm just saying it's a perfect opportunity for some food. Just put it out. Right. right. It's probably too late in the building process. <laughs> um, okay, so we kind of touched on this, but I want to ask you guys this as well. The the last two Grizz teams that went to the national championship game, 2008 and 2009, mm-hmm. they had so much pressure on them, especially 09, because they were trying to cap this undefeated run. Mm-hmm. This team, no one expected to be 13-1. and one. What's that dynamic like? Does it take less – like, the fact that Montana gets to go back to being this massive underdog? I think there is no pressure on this team. Not, I mean, if they go down and they lose, they're going to be disappointed because they yes. are winners. But nobody in this town is going to think that this team or this season was a failure. What do you guys think of the so – it's house money. What do you think of the dynamic – What do you think of the dynamic, though, of the, the national perception of the Grizz? Because I've read all this stuff from all these other writers, and – there's a. It seems like there's a. a pre, there's the hero sports and the you know, all these guys that have covered it. They 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 kind of know more. But like that Matt Zimmer call that I sent you guys today, like the the South Dakota State perception is that like the Grizz were never bad, like the Grizz have always been just chugging along but, because they've always been in the conversation. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Like if you it look is, at it, is fair. it doesn't lead up to like Grizz fan expectations. But if you were to trade any number of programs, be like you're going to go to the quarterfinals right. two out of and three years or two out of four years, they would say, yeah, we'll take it. Of course. That's absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and this is something that we've debated with some of the other Big Sky podcast people over the years. Is just like they can shit on Montana and say you guys have been terrible, but it's still a better run in the last decade than almost every other program in the Big Sky. It's true. Like, if you or the country us, for that no, matter. It's true, and like right? getting, yeah. it's true. getting to the it's final true. eight it's true. two years in a row yeah. is better than right. 100 and what? Yeah. Right. And if I you mean, call us terrible... You're just reaffirming really where our program is right. nationally. Because if you're saying terrible is right. the quarterfinals, then well, I, mean, I, I you must have really high expectations right. for us we, every year. You know, the fans wanted to be better, and it's it has felt uh-huh. like that because they they have not met the Grizz expectations. Right. But I think that normal people who analyze this, yeah. yeah. Well, and and I always think about this. Take any program in the country, give them a scandal, perceived or real, but certainly one that made national headlines, give them a fired athletic director by a president who was unengaged in sports, give them two fired coaches, and the and the sandwich in between that was uh, basically a long-term interim coach who was just trying to steady the program, give them NCAA violations, and then tell me what how that goes for 10 years. Yeah. The Grizz only had one losing record, even despite all of that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it took like a no quarterback situation with a lame duck head coach and like all these crazy circumstances to, for that to even happen. They still went five and six. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like Jeff st- Choate's God in Bozeman. He went four and seven his first year. The Grizz have never had a game like that, a season like that. For real though. But he's got because the, la- the last of the four. That's right. That's right. 29 and 25. Right yeah. <laughs> All right, little Grizz fan pod staple, right? Uh huh, uh huh. 
what, what do you got? What are you, what are you uh, sipping on? You, we got, okay, so by the way, I know you guys love your Grizz fan pod to be, you know, chilling with your friends, having fun. I know you guys don't want to make any money off, but I appreciate it. You guys should get a beer sponsor. They have, they have uh, even if it's just say, even if it's just for it. trade. Well, we probably should, but people have been sending Brent cash on Venmo the last couple months <laughs> to buy, to buy beer, the beer. So, <laughs> so after the cat, nice. uh, after the NDSU game, we're out tailgating, and I got a couple guys on Twitter are like, "What is your Venmo? You're drinking for free for the next whatever." And so all of a sudden, I've got a couple hundred dollars in my Venmo from these guys, and I'm not going to I'm not going to Frisco, but all the other guys are so. Um, distributed it amongst the rest of the GFP and they'll spend it wisely. So I have a Venmo. You know, message me. I'll send it to you. You know the irony, though, <laughs> of like people who have followed uh, Coulter Nuanez's journalism career from start to where he is now? The irony of him being the like corporate pusher of like monetize this <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. So oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i used to i used to have I, 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 used to be, I used to be like mr the craft of journalism is sacred we must do this for the maintenance of democracy i still feel that way i also want to be able to pay my mortgage and feed my family so you know it's a fair goal when, That's fair. That's when you're in your 20s you can be like hey brother i'm gonna there. live with you still or hey kyle yeah i want to share a two-bedroom apartment that's like 400 square feet Heck yeah. It doesn't work as well when you, you know, you get married and like you want to like go out to eat every once in a while. It is funny though. On that note, thanks to Blackfoot Communications for their continued support of the Big Sky Breakdown. <laughs> oh man, Blackfoot's awesome. I uh, love the guys at Blackfoot. I know a lot of the people yep, who are up Black, there and, and yep. yeah. Blackfoot's awesome. Uh, if you want to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business, see if you can get fiber uh, in your home office uh, or your business office, visit Go Blackfoot. Uh, com. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Uh, okay, so let's talk about South Dakota State. Before I give you some of my players to watch, because there's a lot of them on this SDSU team, I actually feel like uh, this will be an easier prep for me. Because I know the Grizz haven't had any crossover with South Dakota State since 2015 when they played in the playoffs, Bob Stitt's first year, I believe, right? Yeah, I think it's last time. Yeah, Right. But Montana State's had a ton of crossover with South Dakota State because Leon Costello was at um, South Dakota State. And the Cats played South Dakota State in the playoffs in 2014. Uh, in 2017, in 20, well, no, they didn't make it in 2017. 2018, they played them in uh, last year, and then they've also played them in the regular season. They had a home, 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 and home. So they played them in the regular uh-huh. season four times as well. So I've gotten to know this South Dakota State team. Did they play them in 2021, too? Yeah. They did. Play. They were the semifinal game, right? Yeah. To go to the. 20, no, they were. That's right. They beat them in Bozeman in 2021 to yeah. go to the, to the national championship. Yeah. I was right. at that game wearing very neutral clothing. Yeah, yeah. That was a great game. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's like, yeah. Would have been better at South Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That game taught me it's harder to root against a team than root for a team. Right? It's way more stressful rooting against a team yeah, than rooting yeah. for a team. I'm so glad I don't have to do that, all that stuff. I just enjoy every single game I go to. It's amazing. I was listening to you guys talk about like how stressful it is being fans and how much you guys are freaking out. It's so funny. I love it. 
Yeah, but I mean, like it's 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 all relative. Because what you say, Brent, like sometimes you want to take a four hour nap and just yeah. wake up and what read the box score. Wake up when the game's over. <laughs> sometimes, man, <laughs> the stress is what makes the wins feel good. It's, it's it amazing. Is. I love it. Okay, so what do you guys? Before we talk about like the ins and outs of this team, what do you guys think of this draw, this matchup? I mean, this is what's been clear in FCS football the last two years is to win, you got to go through South Dakota State. This has been building for a while. That's right. They finally got the North Dakota State monkey off of their back. True. And, you know, now they are they appear to be just as good, or at least that's what everybody nationally tells us. Um, I really, I think it's interesting that, you know, the Grizz earned this number two seed, went through the playoffs and beat tough teams. For it sure. It is undoubtedly the tougher side of the bracket. In my opinion. Well, so how did this yeah. change? Because when the bracket came out, I heard from so many Grizz fans that they thought the draw was great. I don't. I, I think, think the draw it's was great because they, we got home games. Yeah, and I think people thought it was great because they thought they were going to get the cats again. Well, and I think I, we reckon Furman was a better team. Than Furman was a better team. Furman was so yeah, much better than all of us yeah. expected. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, shoot, like, I, just, I said I said forty five seventeen on my pregame show. And my boss was like, "What? Who? No!" And then when it went to overtime, she's like, "You're fired." They beat Albany. They beat Villanova. Mercer. And they beat Mercer. Yeah. Yeah. By a combined score of like one hundred twenty three to fifteen. Furman and NDSU. Yeah. Are all three of those teams better? Well, maybe maybe not Delaware, but Furman and NDSU are absolutely better than Albany. They're absolutely better That's than right. Villanova. That's right. So it's like this this narrative because because South Dakota State crushes Albany, crushes, and then them. the Grizz struggle with underranked NDSU because say what you want, maybe they didn't earn a seed, but they were absolutely one of the four best teams in the playoffs. No doubt that. The line comes out and it's two touchdowns and you know, the Grizz don't have a chance. And maybe that's accurate, but it just seems like this narrative is kind of – it's a whole bunch of freaking bitter fans of other teams that are like, oh, South Dakota State's going to crush you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and wouldn't you guys say – because I was thinking about this. Like the four, the four best teams that made the playoffs were South Dakota State, Montana, North Dakota State, and Furman. Yes. Right? And so, like, in hindsight, I think – like we've all like our side of the bracket had three of the four best teams that made the playoffs. Yeah. So, it, but it was. Funny. I would say the Cats are one of the probably eight best teams say, that made the playoffs. Cats, the Cats are probably the fifth. And right. you know, I think I texted. And they're this all to the our, same side. Right? The aforementioned thread when I when I asked like, are the voters on the final poll going to be just the default like, oh, you were in the final four, so you're one of the top four? Because I think the Cats are higher up in the finals than mm. than some of these other teams. Yeah. But, well, that's why what's going to change next year is going to be awesome when they get rid of the regionalization. They race they make 16 teams, right? Seed all yeah. 16 teams. Amazing. And Love then it. they just pick the best right? regional matchup with the other. Like, you know, say what you want about any of the teams or the fan bases or whatever. Like, it was kind of a shame that Montana State and North Coast State had to play in the second round. Absolutely. Like, that should have been a quarterfinal game. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so at least, you know. But know. you get what you get. Like, uh, no, you get what you get. Sense. No, no for sense, sure. For sure. Right as far as, like, oh, the best sure. teams for play sure. early. I mean, you lose yeah. two out of three down the stretch, yeah. you get what you get. That's I mean, what you get. I mean, Montana State wants better. Maybe you show up for your rivalry. No, game. that's exactly right. Exactly oh, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and don't completely glitch S- out. Staying on the first half. <laughs> well, you know, and also show up for both the rivalry games. They, they, didn't, they didn't show up. They didn't show up in Idaho either. So, yeah, right. Uh, Is Idaho a rivalry game for them? I mean, no, I, I just Idaho doesn't give two craps about MSU. Oh, I don't know about that. They're, they're, they're fans? Yeah. No, it's us. I mean, it's us. No, it's they're, the they're number one rivals, Montana. But I'd say that they consider Montana State a, a little bit of a rival. I think that the coaching staff does, just because Jason Neck used to coach at Montana bigger, State. Bigger rival. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Moving That's on. how we got our Vandals Weekly rolling, because I knew him back in the day. All right. Bigger yeah. rival. 
Montana State and Idaho or Montana and Eastern Washington? Montana, Montana, Montana and Eastern, Eastern Washington. Washington. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. The answer is always going to be games that are See, rivalry, uh, rivalries that involve the Grizz because everybody hates the well, Grizz more than they hate anybody else. Take sustained years and years and you yeah. know, different yeah. versions of the program hating each other. Right. And the Cats have not been anything special for most sure. of their history. Right. Yes. So, like, this whole, like, historical built-up hate just isn't there yet. They're lovable losers who kind of have come around, <laughs> and people are starting to hate them that's because why, some of their fans are really obnoxious. That's why some of their Idaho, podcasters are, too. That's why Idaho being back is so good for the league, though, because Idaho is very hateable. Idaho is very hateable from a fan perspective. Would you not agree? Yeah. No. Really? What? I agree. Like, as a team or what? Just as an institution as a whole. Because Idaho has real swag. Well, also... No, yeah. no. They've got in their head swag. Also, sure. There is, there is not a team this that... Was a you're making my point. You're making my point. You know, the best yeah. part of Idaho point. coming back to the Big Sky Conference was all their fans talking about how they were going to destroy the Big Sky and them having losing records for the first, first few seasons. Yeah, well, that's good. Yes, that's, you're, you're right. It's see? easy to hate Thank Idaho. You. And they're like their best team. It was easier to hate Idaho when Paul Petrino was there too, right? Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have trouble hating <laughs> Idaho with that. See, there you go. I also view them as Fraud with a capital F. <laughs> when I was a little Tier kid, Idaho There's was a South legit Dakota. Rival. There's Idaho. Sure. Right. No, I'm sorry. sorry yeah. I, I was just saying Idaho was a legit rival when I was a little kid. Oh, no, yeah. for sure. So, yes, like, when we would play rival. them FBS, too, it was like, well, this this program moved up. Oh, and well, I was kind of jealous stink. of that. But we still beat them. I was yeah. going to say, they never so, beat like, us when they were FBS. Yeah. No, they beat us once. For sure. It was one in, they were one and three against us. Well, like, that the 95, the Grizz Silver Anniversary podcast series that we did, where we did 25 episodes on the 95 team. They beat the hell out of Montana. All the guys on that 95 team, they all, none of them had anything but just kind of like chuckling. And, it, you know, it was an afterthought when we asked them about the cat game during the 95 season or during their careers in general, what they think but the rivalry. About the perspective of the era, right? Right. And then they were like, well, no, Idaho wasn't the ones that we hated. Idaho was the ones well, we because hated. Because Idaho became Idaho a rival. Them. But Idaho also filled the void of the rivalry when yeah. MSU was nothing. For sure. Right. Yeah. Right. They also had a, you know, they also had a Missoula guy. I mean, one of the greatest players ever, John Freeze, is from Missoula. So yeah. that, you know, uh, that, that adds to the, the deal. Okay. So let's talk about SDSU in general. Uh, James, the uh, the human brain mentioned Mark Gronowski. He's certainly, I, I think when it comes to college quarterbacking, he's the best quarterback in the country. And it's not because of his statistics. I just think that he's just nails. I just think that he's just, I think he's just as good as it gets when it comes to just operating in big moments. Uh, I think he's Cam Miller, but not as mobile, and but more talented with his arm. Way more talented. Yeah, I mean, way more talented. I, yeah, and he's just a proven winner, man. So he's like, not as he's, mobile as Cam not quite, no. Okay. He's definitely the best quarterback we'll face this year. I, I mean, I just, I yeah. mean, I think he's the best quarterback in the subdivision. I think he should win the Walter Payton Award. I know the guy from New Hampshire threw for a bunch of yards, but they didn't make the playoffs, so. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. It's wild that Isaiah Davis is not. A Walter Payton Award. I agree. Finalist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because mm-hmm. that guy is that guy seems unstoppable to me. So I my take on Isaiah Davis is first of all, this is the third straight NFL running back the South Dakota State's had. That's very <laughs> yeah, impressive. Wow. I mean, Zach Zenner was a sixty five hundred yard rusher. That guy was awesome. And then they replaced him with Pure Strong and he starts for the Cleveland Browns right now. Granted saw because Dick Chubb's hurt. But like he still is still, he's still great. He's in yeah, the NFL. Yeah. And I think Davis is as good as I think Davis is very comparable to Pierre Strong. And yeah. Pierre Strong was a fourth-round draft pick. I think that Davis will be – he'll be drafted. I don't know if yeah. he's going to be fourth-round, but he's going to be a, a, a fourth-round guy. 
Yeah. I don't know how they got him. I don't know how they recruit to Brookings is my number one question. But, like, Isaiah Davis was the Missouri State Player of the Year. Like, that's so strange. that How did Mizzou or somebody Missouri, not go get it? Missouri? Missouri? Missouri football hotbed? I mean, St. Louis is a giant city. Yeah, is, I just like yeah. when, wouldn't you think that Missouri Iowa football? or Minnesota or well, town. sure, but like, don't you think that Missouri or Iowa or Minnesota or like, I mean, he's the Missouri Player of the Year. But he could just be one of those guys who was like, maybe he just didn't look that great in high school or yeah, maybe. whatever it was. I mean, you're saying he's Player of the Year, but like, sometimes you can be Player of the Year in some of these states, and it's like, you don't seem like you translate. Yeah, but for whatever reason, I mean, he was good right off the bat, though. Right, I would say too. Like, so I don't know. There's also, it seems like most, even still FCS players, the goal is to continue playing football in the league. And you can talk about if you are a transcendent talent in the FCS, you can still be a top draft pick, especially out of the Missouri Valley and sometimes the Big Sky Conference. And so you kind of hit some of these things where it's like, okay, you're the best player on Chattanooga. Well, yeah, maybe you're an undrafted free agent or you're a late round pick. But I mean, we've seen guys from... Big Sky schools and Missouri Valley schools be number like first round picks sure. or or Super Bowl MVPs and stuff like that. So sure, um, sure. So I think there's also a recognition that if you join one of the two best yep. conferences in the FCS and you remain that top tier talent yeah. that no one else can compete with, point. your goal of the league is still completely in front of you. Well, and they have so a blue, please they have recognize a... that Junior Bergen. Right, no kidding, right? But they <laughs> like they, but like they. I, I totally agree with you, right? Because like, if, if you're a guy, if you're a guy like like Sammy and Kim and I were talking about that. You, we were talking about that in our group text too. Like, and Sammy and I were talking about that too. I missed it. Sorry. Mike missed the whole thing. Yeah, Mike missed ah. the whole thing. We're talking about. Brim made a great point about how <laughs> playing at the FCS level and dominating at the FCS level actually might get you better looks at the top level, and you know. And please, Junior Bergen. Yeah. Recognize. Right. Um, we named a grizzly bear after you. Maybe that's a recruiting yep. tactic for South Dakota State, too, though. Maybe they say, hey, we had our last two running backs were, you know, they're in the NFL. 2,000 yard rushers, and they're in the NFL. I mean, Zach Sander had three straight 2,000 yard seasons. That's an unprecedented thing in college yeah. football. So, it, it's a, yeah. So, we were texting in that in our group text, right? Like, did Samari Torres' NFL stock actually go up? Probably. By going to Nebraska. I mean, I in think a certain his way. did. But then you can look at so many guys who. <clears throat> didn't right at the end of the day if, especially if you're a skill guy it just it just matters what you run your 40 in because if you run a bad 40 they don't care about anything else yeah they don't even look at your film all you gotta do is run well this is so true and coulter like anytime somebody in the big sky conference has a pro day and it comes up in our thread he'll just be like dude ran a blah 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 blah, blah. he's done Mm-hmm. It's just like, all right. Yeah. Like, he had 10,000 tackles last year. <laughs> right? Doesn't his matter, name isn't Robert Howard. Ford ran a 4.7. You're out. That's right. You're 4.67 seconds. Yeah. Boom. That's You're it. That's it. Yep. Yep. Dante Olsen, 4.96. Like, Dante Olsen's a tackling freaking machine. Yep. You know? But then if you're Mark Mariani and you run 4.48, then all of a sudden everybody's like, who's this guy? We're, we're going to draft this guy. Jan Schillinger, same thing. Sam, he ran 4.5. Yeah. And they're like, all right. He can do what it. What do you safety. got? Yeah. Big set breakdown. Presented in part by Westpac Wealth, Nick Tabor, a good buddy. Uh, he'll be listening in if you need any uh, financial advice. Uh, hit him up. He's your guy. He's my guy. So Nick can help you with uh, making your life more tax efficient. So call Westpac Wealth or any of your uh, financial 
Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. So Gronowski is a huge problem. Isaiah Davis is a huge problem. I think the South Dakota State team is, you know, they have as many like sort of quote unquote brand name players as, as anybody else in the country. I mean, that's why you've won 28 in a row. Right. Zach Hines is the next of their NFL tight ends. They've had three straight NFL tight ends as well. Fun. I think that uh, Garrett Greenfield, the tackle, he's a three-time first-team All-American, 6'7", 320. I mean, Jeez. he's projected as a top 100 pick as well. Mason McCormick's a two-time consensus All-American. He's projected as a six-round pick. He's 6'5", 315. Those two guys are, I think, two of the best offensive linemen in the whole country. And then you got a All-American quarterback, an All-American running back, an All-American tight end, and that's not to mention the Yankee twins. They're probably not going to the NFL, but they've been the guys there for – to make plays. I mean, they make a ton of plays. They've been there forever. And then you got Adam Bach on the other side, who's you know been a consensus first-team All-American two years in a row at inside linebacker. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I think part of it is I know this team well because they've played the Cats so often. And also because they're easy to cover because John Stiglmeyer was such a class act. He just like let, gave a lot of access. And, and uh, Jimmy Rogers has done sort of the same thing since he took over. But then I also think you get a lot of these accolades and you get a lot of these because you win – Win all the games, right? I mean, yeah. it's justifiable getting the headlines when you're undefeated two years in a row. Speaking of, and Coles is going to know this, you guys might too. Where did where did Rogers? That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Where did where did he play his last collegiate football game? Missoula, Montana. God damn it, Coulter! I was asking <laughs> these two. Oh. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. He, that 2015. Team, no, 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 the the bowl oh, lead. Oh, nine. Yep. yep. Oh. oh, buddy. Really? Yeah. yeah. Might be his own little revenge tour, I guess. We'll yep. see. Several of their coaches have been have played in Missoula, though, because uh, Zach Luhan, their offensive coordinator, he was the quarterback on that 2015 team that was Bob Stitt's one and only uh, playoff win for the Grizz. They have another assistant, too, that's had some familiarity with the Grizz. Wow. So so tell me this, from a uh, superstition and uh, fan perspective, Sammy Akem thinks that – Montana's 8-0 against South Dakota State all time. Haven't played them since 2015. He thinks that is a a symbol of great things to come. Huh. I don't think it has any. <laughs> I mean, Bobby Houck's also 0-3 in national championship games, so what right. is that a symbol of? So Right. One of those hey, o- I trust one of, Sammy. One of those offers are going to break. What's going to give? Well, on that uh, on the coaching matchup, then <laughs> Jimmy Rogers has been around South Dakota State for his whole life, pretty much. I mean, he played at South Dakota State. He's been on the staff since his last college game in '09, and now he's a first year head coach, but he's been around. So it reminds me of a time when a program had a great national championship run, you know, stellar recruiting, went in and and beat the Goliath. And then got back to the national championship game the next year with new head coach because their longtime coach retired. And uh, <laughs> was this what maybe happened? 1996. Yeah, what happened that year? I don't, Randy Moss happened. Randy yeah. Moss. Randy Moss. <laughs> yeah. So just if because the Grizz had Randy Moss, just, I would put a million. I'm just saying, just because, just because they're the defending national champion doesn't mean that they are. Sure. No. Given this game, and I really think, and I know players don't buy into this at the same level, 
I think everybody associated with South Dakota State thinks they're winning this game easily. I think that's right. Yeah. And I think nationally, too. Like, those that are following FCS nationally with a, either a neutral or a, an opinion that leans towards the Citadel or something, uh, they all are cheering for or just expect South Dakota State to win this as well. Or Montana media based out of Billings. <laughs> One of those two. <laughs> what, what do you – so you, you doing some stuff over there? What? <laughs> I'm just hanging out. Did you see the Tucker Carlson video? No, I don't watch Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Jesus, no. God. <laughs> Not trying to let my they brain. Did, they melt. delivered him uh, like a, a like the size of the sun jar of zins. He's a zin guy. He's a zin guy. He says so that he says trash. that. Yeah. <laughs> back, back to Copenhagen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he says zins are going to cure the sins of humanity. He, what? He probably has them as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're totally derailed. <laughs> Uh, not uncommon. How about how where? about the uh, the head coaching matchup though? Because Jimmy Rogers has been a part of national championship game last year as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's been a part of all sorts of playoff runs, but he's never been the head coach. Bobby Houck has been the national championship game, and he's infamously lost three of them. But he's been there multiple times. I, yeah. You know, the interesting thing to me about this this national championship is, I really wonder if if. Those three national championships that Hauk lost, if they had had this schedule, right? If they would have lost it, yeah. Because I think Ooh. that you give really detail oriented, and in this case, this year, experienced coaching staff totally. more time. That is a positive. And yeah. what's interesting about this coaching staff is South Coast State's a lot younger, but yes. they have got national championship pedigree. Yes, most of that staff, right? Yep. Yeah. Was there last year? So this head coach, first year running the program himself, but I mean, he's got a ring from last year being heavily involved. Flip side is there's lots of guys on Montana staff who have been involved in national championships on some level. Some of them have won them as assistants at Montana. Head coach hasn't, obviously. But I mean, you got you got Tim Houck up there as an analyst, helping work on a game plan with Bradford. You're giving Pease a long time to try and pick apart works. I mean, like, I feel good about the veteran coaching staff we have right now. I, I asked Bobby Houck this last he did a little media thing on Tuesday before practice. That's what I wanted to know was all those logistical questions about the you know how much this helps them and stuff. But one interaction that we, a back and forth that we had was, you know, Brett Pease, Roger Cooper, Brody Bradford, um, on down the line, a whole bunch of these guys and Bobby Hawk himself, they've coached in the FBS where you have bowl preparation, and he's he referenced that this is very much like preparing for a bowl where you you have this whole timeline of multiple weeks where. Okay, what's the right balance of work on ourselves, get ourselves healthy, prepare the scout, implement the stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a, it's sort of, it, I mean, it's a unique thing for the Grizz. They have never had this before because even though they've been to seven national championship games, there used to not be this elongated break. It was It'd boom, 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 week. boom, boom. That's yeah. next week. It'd be tomorrow, or well, two days from now. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, now they have the time off. So I don't know. I wonder if the, the FBS credentials sort of helps them as well. It has to, I would think. I don't think it hurts is what I'm getting at. Like, I, I think that I, I get the line for some of the narrative reasons. And, you know, Vegas doesn't do things on accident. Like, you know, they're, they're doing what they're doing. But I just, there are a lot of factors that I make me feel like the Grizzlies have a chance in this game. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like you talked about too, though, like with Tim Houck and just with this uh, team's ability to scout. I mean, we'd heard this um, the general defensive plan for Montana State was set in stone 
at the end of spring ball. Right. The general then, plan yeah, yeah. for the entire season was set in stone. Not set in stone, but was generally built by May. Yes. Uh, defensively. So, I mean, I like that. And South Dakota State has good guys, too. It's not like it's a bunch of bums. But I just look at this, and it's like, you're giving Brent Pease and Tim Howe three weeks to build and prepare and plan. They're going to get our very best. And I think that's been like some people have talked about these last two games. Where it's like, oh, they're tighter. They went to overtime and blah, blah, blah. Well, they were two good teams, so there's that. But I think now, like, you kind of reset that ability, and now you give these coaches that are excellent planners three weeks to build and prepare. I love it. I love that. I've heard a lot of uh, Skettle about if – you, if you have something to add to this before I get Well, I was just going to say, I wonder if this is also, like, one of those special assignment teams. Sure. Because, like, we heard, like, the Cats were kind of like a special assignment yes. team where they were – like you said, they were building that game plan a long <laughs> the, time ago. They the, put – they put Tim on this, and I know this is all why this is why not all analysts are created equal, right? Yeah. Like a lot of FCS schools are having like grad assistants as right. their analysts, right. and th- then you got a you guy that won NFL a freaking coach. Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I wonder if this was one of those like special assignment teams, just you know, in the in the case that we met him in the playoffs, and that they already sort of had a game plan building for them, so that yes, yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder if that's I wonder if that's the case. Well, whether they did or not, I would. Venture to guess that over the last uh, almost week that Halcom Bradford and other guys on the defense and probably the offense have watched every game for the last X years. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I noticed, too, that uh, they they brought uh, the coaches' wives to quarterback club, right? Mm-hmm. And Bobby has said that typically Thursdays are nights off. You make sure you spend it with the family so you have time with that. And I'm wondering if they're like um, – we're tweaking our schedules to where the hours that we normally spend in the office, they're bumping up. So some of that family time that we used to carve out might not have as much of that because we're like, <laughs> we're, we're spending hours and hours and hours and hours scouting this team. Could be. So I was wondering about this. The, uh, I've heard a lot. Okay, the Grizz have been red hot, but they also got all their most formidable opponents, whether it's Sac State or the Cats or all these playoff games at home. Mm-hmm. How will they react to playing on a neutral field? That narrative also exists for South Dakota State. They got Montana State in Brookings. They got North Dakota State in Brookings. I believe they got South Dakota in Brookings. So like they they also and then they've been at home as well throughout the playoffs. So who has to adjust more playing on a neutral field? And does it help South Dakota State? That they've done it before. I don't know. I mean, it, it probably helps South Dakota State a little bit that they've done it before. Like, the familiarity is positive. Sure. But I don't know how much it matters. There's going to be so many fans from each team. Like, I feel like the noise yeah, is going to yeah, be yeah, there yeah. from yeah. both sides. Totally. Like, there is a, there's some unique things about that stadium. I really hope they fix the turf situation. Didn't look great on the bowl I watched. The it's, it's, it's shitty. It's like... Turf Great. with grass on it, sort of like because it's it's as a soccer stadium. Yeah. So it's not built for like high speed college football. Even though soccer players are fast or whatever, it's not that you know, it's totally different sport. Obviously, yeah. so yeah. you could just tell the 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 last time I was there was in 2021 when it was Cats NDSU. It was a giant advantage for NDSU having been there before. But that's a totally different dichotomy because you're talking about NDSU had been there. That was their eighth or ninth time having been there and the cats first time in that situation. 
I mean, first time for the Cats in the national championship in 37 years or right. whatever, right? Sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. so that that was a that was a huge advantage at DSU. I don't know if there's. I, I think it, I, I agree with you guys. I think it's even playing. I don't game. think the neutral field thing is going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, well, no, honestly. And Grizz played at Davis and at Idaho two weeks in a row. Yeah. Right. Um, Davis environment wasn't hostile. Idaho was kind of, but those you know the students didn't know when to cheer and when not to. So for sure. Yeah. Um. So I mean. Yeah, I don't think the, I'm not even talking about the like crowd. Really I'm just talking about the road, facility. Just the, well, yeah. but I, I just I just trust Bobby Houck to. Like, that's the things like, you know, he has he has pros, he has cons. One of the things he's the absolute best at is nailing the logistics of this. Right? Did you guys read that article that on his hire came out in the Missoulian about his hire? Yeah, and about how detailed he was right. up for his interview. Was, uh, I've like, heard that Wayne Hogan yeah, has like told that story to me before. before. I mean, he's not going to leave a stone unturned. No. Especially no, with for three sure. weeks. Well, no, prepare. I mean, in, yeah. the, in the tailgates after the, the game, and actually, I'd heard this at QB Club too. They were talking about like Bobby had specific ideas on the logistics of the week, when the Grizz should get there, which differed from the NCAA schedule. And he was talking to Kent about it. And um, the NCAA only pays for like 75 guys to go, but they're bringing every player on the team, yeah. which I think is important because yeah. you know what? Give everyone you're going experience. to a national championship and everybody is part of that. If you've been yeah. running scout all year for this team, you're part of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and especially because all our games have been at home, so they're yeah. part of this playoff run. Um, so get them down I think there, that's cool, get man. Them, get my, them acclimated. Like I believe that they've got this plan to a T. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing that too. Like my my brother would tell you that like one of the great memories of his whole life was going to Chattanooga, Tennessee, when he was a redshirt, and you know just getting to be a part of it. Like it was yeah. the same deal. They say, hey, you were on scout team all year. You know, you get to come. Right. They like went to the aquarium. And I think and they, they got to stand cool on the side too. I don't, I, think, and, I don't think they're in the yeah. stands. I think they're on the side. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nude, you're cooking a ham this afternoon, right? I am indeed. Yeah. I should have brought you pellets already. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. I should. I should have brought you some cold smoke rub from Alpine Touch. Uh, I will. I'll get. It. I'll get it. We'll. We'll, uh, we'll get some sent over. Do you have some? Oh yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Alpine Touch. Uh, they have all sorts of fun seasonings for the holiday season. The cold smoke rub, definitely the best when it comes to your pork or yeah, ham or anything like that. Alpine Touch also makes the best Montana gifts for the holidays, stocking stuffers, etc. Visit alpinetouch.com. They can send it uh, right to your uh, doorstep. Look at you. You got some. I asked you the other night if you had any. Let's go. So it's uh, on the the, uh, smoker right now, low and slow, and I'll take it off and glaze it and do another two hours. Um, But it's covered in um, Alpine Touch, um, all natural with sea salt. Yeah. And... um, the Alpine Touch Kettle House Cold Smoke Barbecue Spice. Beautiful. There we go. Gotta but I did it. this because when we were setting this up, I said, hey, if we do it here, I'm working this ham. And yeah, yeah. Coulter said, is it going to be Alpine Touch? Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't want to be, you know, get you sideways with your sponsors. So, <laughs> so, good. Well, thank you. I went the Alpine Touch thank route. You. Yep, alpinetouch.com for uh, any and all gift needs, but also if you just want some delicious spices for the grill, uh, Alpine Touch Montana's special spice. Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Okay, so uh, you guys are going to Frisco. What do you want to know about Frisco? Or what are you looking forward to when it comes to Frisco? Besides, you know, your assassination, conspiracy theories, etc. I just want the fan interaction. Yeah. I'm so excited to just, like, mix in with Grizz fans and South Dakota State fans and 
go to the bars and have that conversation leading up to the game. I, I think that's all going to be fun. I actually also think that the Grizz Fest at yeah. the baseball stadium the night before, I think that's going to be great. Yeah. Because I think, again, kind of going on this theme, like people are just so excited to be doing this. Yeah. That the mood there is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many Grizz fans do you think are going to be there? I'm guessing at least 10,000. It seems like so many people I've talked like to are like, we're going, we're going, going, we're going, yeah. we're going, yeah. we're going, we're going. Yeah. And they sold so out of their tickets real quick, so at yeah. least 4,000 there. Yeah. yeah. The, the, when the cats were there, they estimated that like 8,500 cat people were there. Mm-hmm. I'd say there's more Grizz people going. Mm-hmm. Part of it's because you're not battling NDSU for tickets, right? right? right. NDSU is selling a lot of their tickets. Exactly. And it's so it's just so easy to get to Dallas. And you are starting yeah, to see those true, prices true. come like, down online, too. So it's just like, yep. be patient for another week. And, I also yeah. heard, don't. if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but it's also just worth a phone call. I saw a couple posts on the, uh, the Grizz fan Facebook page about the Adams Center maybe having some tickets yeah. now. The Adams Center. Oh, I heard that like the Adams Center is having prices. a watch party, too. Yeah. So for people who are here, like they're planning yeah. things. So I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but like, just call the Adam Center because I heard that they have like reasonably like hundred to hundred twenty five dollars tickets, which that's like half of what they're on the yeah third party right now for, right? Yep. So yeah, just call them. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I it'll only take you three seconds to find out that. But it seems worth a call. What else about Frisco? But that's that's what I'm excited for you guys to see is that uh, like. The colony and like the star, like the two places that people congregate for, it's like exclusively designed for events. So you're not gonna like see any locals. So like you get like the, you don't get the oh what do you do around here type of conversation you might have at a bar, but you're gonna like it's gonna be so easy for you guys to meet up with. You just be like oh I'm over here yeah. like oh we're right across the street cool we'll be right there you know yeah. like it's very easy to just like mingle with everybody. Yeah, it was hard to figure out when I was trying to book my Airbnb where to book it because yeah. like, there's all these towns, right? And you put in, I want to stay in Frisco, but it brings you up like Plano, Plano. And Louisville, and the Colony, and Fort all Earth these places. And and it's like, and, it's like yeah. I don't know where exactly to stay, Yeah, but it seems like no matter where you are, it's going to be easy to get to where you want to go oh, to, yeah. to be with like the people you know who are there. Yeah, that's, that's the other part is like the Dallas Metroplex, for as overwhelming as it is to like small town Montana like me, <laughs> The efficiency is amazing. Like, the, you, you can get an Uber, and it's like you're just on the freeway, and, you know, if it's a 15-minute ride or whatever, it's on the freeway, and then you're, boom, you're just dumped right where you need to go, yeah. you know? I'm also excited to see, like, how many, like, former Grizz players mm. go to that. Because I talked to my uh, ex-college roommate, Austin Mullins. Yeah, yeah. Played on that 2009 yeah. team. Uh, he's going. He lives in Nashville. And yeah, they got a go box. There and, like, yeah. So I'm excited to see him and just, like, see if there's a lot of former Grizz players that come Come for that because it's the first championship in 14 games. So hopefully there's I think a, a good lot. show. I think a lot yeah. are gone. I'm hearing a bunch yeah. are gone. Yeah. Uh, I, I I thought that was a, I said this with Gus earlier I guess last week, but I you know we do our college game day show right there from the Walking Bridge, so we see so many people going through. I saw so many guys. Oh, yeah. They were back. so many ex players between the cat game and now that were back for these games. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's sweet, man. It adds to the excitement for sure. Yeah. Jordan Johnson was that quarterback club. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jordan Johnson, Brownie Yacht were a yeah. QB club. Nice. Two best tens in program history. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, good. Uh, what about Connor Strom? He's below those guys. Good guy, but uh, I know Brent's got a curfew, so he's got to go here pretty soon. Okay, so let's... I got a curfew. Yeah. Ooh, Mike's got Where's a ham, ham to cook too. 
the ham just let me know yeah. that it's time to yeah. do the next phase. Uh, so the other questions I had, how's Montana finally turned the corner? We already talked about that a little bit. Yes, um, they have. Okay, I got this is a pretty – we don't have to extrapolate on this very much. Do, we talked about the administration a little bit, maybe them mm-hmm. saying, hey, let's go, and, and Bobby being like, all right, we're going, and then not losing again. What about the president? Does, does President Bonner deserve any credit in this? Jesus, sorry. <laughs> you, you know we're not lying to you. He's cooking Man, the ham. Didn't mean to. Hopefully it doesn't go off again. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, Seth Bodner, the first decision he made before he became president, actually, but they they let him make the call was to bring Bobby back. Really? Remember, yeah. They let him make the call. He wow. had to sign off on it because he was coming in. He was right. the new president. So, right. I mean, and obviously not him alone. Like, Clay Christian probably was a big part of that. So, I mean, like, credit to that. But, like, what you talk about with with this season, with at some point kind of saying, like, hey, this isn't the direction we want to go. Like, let's figure this out. If those types of conversations happen, they don't happen without the president giving sure. giving Definitely. You know, the athletic department support. Well, and look at what's gone on in the playoffs, where the university has secured three thousand plus tickets for students, and then the yes. North Dakota State mm-hmm. game. Not only that, but they kept the dorms open, mm-hmm. yeah. and they kept the cafeteria open when yeah. school was done for the semester. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, there was it was a completely it was a full spectrum buy in from everybody on this. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's like there's been over the last ten years with this the flattening of the world because of all the technology. There's been this like omnipresent question: does does sports influence like your enrollment and your university's prestige yes, as much as it used it's to the Flutie effect. Right. Right. <laughs> but like, I think people are questioning, does it, does it as much as it used to? And I think that the, the president and the administration have gotten a full dose of how much it does. Sure. Over these last four five, six weeks. This right. Is, this is just theory, theorizing on my part, but like, I would say it probably plays a bigger part now. With, mm, you see, like a lot of you see, like a lot of industries are like, you don't totally need college grads from this industry, this industry, or this industry to go work in like tech or something like that. We'll hire you from wherever we think we can teach you. So if like the, I don't want to say the value of the education has gone down, but if you can get into different industries based on your background, then it's maybe the athletics plays as much a part because kids can go there, study whatever they want, and get good jobs in a lot of different industries. So like when athletics are the forefront, it might be even a bigger part than it has been in the past. They're, they're more omnipresent now with uh, TV and being able to stream every game that you want and it just being thrown in your face. So like might be a bigger effect. Again, I have no, nothing to back that up. That's just a theory. Well, I have Justin Angle, uh, University of Montana business professor who has uh, the business angle on Nuanas now uh, a couple times a month. Uh, he's going to pull some numbers for us once the dust kind of settles here, just in terms of um, SEO, Google engagements. Because you have to think that there's got to just be people around the country that are like just sitting around on a Friday night. They're like, oh, Montana and Furman's a close game. That's cool. Hmm, where's Furman at? Hmm, what's going on with Montana? And then you're mm-hmm. like Googling it. I will say from a, you know, now a, a marketing sellout, as you like to call me now. Oh, those. Dude. Those are your words. Those, uh, yeah. regardless, well, regardless, the uh, the new University of Montana ads are sweet. They I did agree. a really good job. I thought they're I thought they're really good. I agree with that, and that goes back to the kind of the you know what does Seth Bonner get credit for? Yes, um, you know Seth Bonner's not calling X's and O's on the football field. No, and I he's think not. he's been a president that recognizes like try and find good coaches and get out of the way, but also 
I need to be involved and be visible. And yes. he's at these things. For sure. You know, I mean, like the pizza with the students every week. and all. I, I, mean, I like, do think it helps that he's a sports guy. Yeah. You know, like he played sports, played college baseball. Like, mm-hmm. I think he, I don't think he's fanatical about it, but I think he like fairly enjoys it. I he think, was right down there on the sideline yeah. of the cat game, hugging Bobby. Before yeah, I, I think, I think, so. yeah. Like he <laughs> was, the, the he was the guy. loved that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was waiting to give Bobby the big sky trophy. Like, yeah. so, uh, okay. Uh, last one. I was going to ask you guys your top two or three favorite narratives and moments from this season, but that seems like too much. So just give me your favorites. What's, What's your what's your favorite either moment or narrative or both from this season thus far? I think it's just been like watching this team like will them will their way into what they are mm-hmm. and being able to share that with like my dad every Saturday mm-hmm. and being able to share it with you guys for you know bringing me on the pod and being able to talk about this stuff and like just seen it happen every week and you're still like there's that doubt in your mind like can this team keep doing this and then they do it again and then they do it again and it's like there's still an underdog in my mind every game but they just will them will themselves to win and that's I think that's as cool I think that's way cooler from a fan perspective than a team you expect to win every week and they win so I think that's been the, the coolest part of the season <clears throat> yeah I'd agree with that I mean like I think I've said a couple times what I've enjoyed so much is that my expectations just are different. So it's all been fun. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, you listen to the pod, you've heard me talk about how, you know, special I think sharing this with my son has been and just being able to, mm-hmm. you know, do this together. But I actually think that's kind of what college athletics is about. Like you're building bonds with the community and with the university. And, you know, if, if the university plays this right, it's like a good reminder. Recruiting starts early. Building retention starts early. You know? Absolutely. Like, yeah. You make good Grizz fans when they're in fifth grade. Kids want to go here. And that's not just Missoula kids. So, so true, I just yeah. think that, you know, you talk about the front porch aspect. And I think it's been it's been great to kind of remind people that, yes, it's been a frustrating decade, but the Grizz didn't go away like you think they went away. That's true. Those are great answers. Um, I would echo those as well. I think the other thing so that, that has just been amazing this year with this team is we have seen multiple players um, kind of ascend in their abilities yeah. on the field yeah. in realms that we, I don't think, have seen maybe ever. I, I can recall a text from a former player who I won't name uh, that said <laughs> Clifton McDowell could not throw the football and hit water from a boat. Yeah, you know, and I mean it was like, and then we're sitting here in quarterback club, and Bobby's showing us how he's dissecting and reading defenses and making blind throws, knowing what he sees on the other right. side. We all knew Gilman was going to be good, but we didn't know he was going to be the freshman of the year. Think about what we were saying about this O line at the beginning of the season. Right. The only first team All Conference American, McGinnis. We lose him after the Idaho game. We haven't seen him since. Right. Uh, we've had multitudes of injuries. We talked about Pamphiloff and the way we've rotated this line and save maybe the Furman game, this line has just continued to be incredible. Jackson Lee, Ryder Meyer. I mean, did anyone think we'd have two first-team all-conference corners in Trevin Gradney and Corbin Walker? We knew we had something with them. But, like, I mean, the way all these guys have come together and then post-NAU going from looking like a team that everyone thought was going to win five or six games to being national title bound outright conference champions destroyed the cats and an amazing magical three games in Washington Grizzly. 
I don't I cannot recall in all of my Grizz fandom seeing a season where you just had such a flip of a script and then just individual growth and achievement from single players or single position groups. I've never ever seen it before. Yeah, you know, you're spot on. And I think that the narrative that's that's underreported, I mean they were picked sixth. The coaches sure. picked them sixth. For sure. And I mean, hard to blame them. I mean, hard to blame them, but you finished sixth last year. <laughs> yeah, but won it outright. Didn't share it with anybody, you know? I. It's been fun. It's been a blast. Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Missoula. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. For me, I've always had a very old school way of thinking about football. That's kind of how I'm wired and how my dad was. My dad didn't play football, but he's a very old school guy. And then I played for Gary Eckergan, who's as old school of a guy there ever was at Big Sky. But my mentor in high school was Matt Johnson, who's the head coach of Missoula Big Sky still to this day. But he was my freshman coach, and then he was my linebackers coach on varsity for sophomore through senior year. And... The, the ethos of, like, Big Sky football is all about hard-nosed toughness. That's the number one thing that matters. What about wins? And then when I was in – well, we won a lot when I was in high school. We were good in high school. I mean, <laughs> Levi Janikero's team was the best – the first good Big Sky team since mine. Oh, that you just uh, took the bait oh, on that. Just, yeah. You just, just reeled in that. You I mean, just reeled him in. <laughs> I understand what people think of Big Sky, but we, no. I mean, we made the playoffs. We made the playoffs four years in a row. Fly, fly. Um, <laughs> regardless, I've always had this old school way of thinking about things. And then when I was first covering college football, and my brother was first playing college football, and all my friends were playing for Bobby Houck, that was emphasized to the max. Mm-hmm. And then as I grown older and continued to cover this stuff, the I wondered, when Coach Houck first came back, I wondered this, and then as it continued to progress, I really wondered it. And I've said it on your guys' podcast many times. I don't know if the way that he used to do it works anymore. And that's okay. Like, I thought, okay, if that's a thing of the past, that's okay. You know, even Mac Brown. You know, like, you have guys that, you know, some of the greatest coaches in college football history that the time has passed them, and they, they it just doesn't work anymore. And I wondered if, like, the all-for-one, one-for-all, cohesive, like, tradition of the program, we have to dedicate ourselves to, to something that's so much bigger than us. I just didn't know if that was going to work. And that, that that's my referendum on society more than it is on the Grizz or anything else. And then to see these guys buy into it. And, and my favorite narrative of the year is that the guys that have led the charge here are the guys that this does resonate with. The Braxton Hills and Levi Janikaros and Tyler Flinks and Alex Governors of the world. They all live together. I think that's an important thing. That they that these the leaders of the team, the heart and soul of the team, they're with each other all the time and like holding each other accountable. And like my brother said, it's one thing to know about the pride and tradition of the Montana Grizzlies. It's another thing to know that it's your responsibility to maintain that and push it forward. And I think that the guys from the past, the last couple years, I don't know if they quite were able to grasp their responsibility to be a part of something so much bigger than themselves. These guys have. That is so cool to me. 
Like that, that's what this is supposed to be about. Like if, if college football is the great training ground or like the coming of age ceremony for young men, like that's what it's supposed to be is it's supposed to be teaching you that life is about something bigger than yourself. And so like, that's the thing that makes me so happy is that it's the renewal of all these outstanding stories of these guys that weren't supposed to be studs Mm -hmm. that are studs. Like Tyler Flink was a high school fullback that had like no real position. And now he's like the golden helmet award winner and the hardest hitting guy on the team. I know he's not like some star, but like he is a solid ass player. I mean, that's a great point, but you even take it over to some of the guys like Cliff. Yeah. What, what program number is this for him? Right. Four, Four. three. Like, yeah, there are guys that across this roster that, yeah. you know, it's like they weren't supposed to be these guys. Yes. And we talked about it, I think the podcast after the NAU game, where we were still like, the thing we're worried about is we don't know that the problems that this team had, they could fix in this year. Mm-hmm. And they totally yeah. did. And they totally did. Totally did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. The same guys. Yeah. The... Uh, the day after the NDSU game, I was sitting there. It was my, my younger nephew's fourth birthday. We are sitting up at my brother's house, and uh, my brother's father-in-law is, like, fanatical. <laughs> like, he was like, you know, help me buy tickets. I got it. We're going. Like, we're booking it right now. I'm going to Frisco. We got to do it. So then he was asking me what I thought of the matchup, and I was like, you know what? Like, on one hand, South Coast State is one of the three most talented teams I've seen in the FCS in the last 10 years. They're the defending national champions. They know how to win. They've run the table two years in a row. They're exceptional. From a man-to-man matchup standpoint, they absolutely are two touchdown favorites. But like my brother said, and I totally agree with him, this Grizz team reaffirms, and I didn't know if this existed anymore in college sports, and that's what makes this season so cool. I didn't know if like the concept of we are a team. Like, we all might be Madden rating 82s, but together, we're a 99. And, like, that is so sweet. And if the Grizz finish the deal, you can absolutely say that that's really true. And that, that's, that's what makes it so rewarding is in this age of what have you done for me lately, NIL, yada, yada, yada. These guys are like a true team. And, like, I, I, we didn't know if, if the system worked anymore, and it does. It, it, it do, and I don't know if it still will. Or this version. The, the, right. You know, and what did the coaches do to meld it to this version? Yes, exactly. That's a, that's a great point because I think you have to recognize there. I think there's a recognizable blend that the old system also was not working. So there's, That's true. Right. I think we saw this We saw this early as well, too. I mean, you noticed this, Coulter, you and me watching um, practice in August. Like, things were different out there. Yes. And it took a little while for it to kind of come together. But, yeah, so a little bit of give and take on both sides. Ryan and Miller is a law firm specializing in personal injury and criminal defense. Paul Ryan and Angie Miller bring more than 30 years of litigation experience and are able to handle cases across the state of Montana. Ryan and Miller Law focuses in specific areas of law to ensure the firm provides their clients with the best representation. Their firm proudly handles automobile accidents, medical malpractice claims, wrongful death claims, DUIs, and criminal charges. For more information, visit RyanMillerLaw.com. Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorney. Sure. There's there's two plays that I think encapsulate this whole season. One, and it involves the same player. One, when we were losing to Northern Arizona, we watched Hunter, Hunter McGinnis and a couple other offensive linemen quit while a play was still yes. going. Yeah. And watched the quarterback get drilled, right? Three On weeks a later. Down. On a yeah, fourth down play. 
Three weeks later, we watched Hunter McGinnis take an Idaho defender and drive him 15 yards off the field. And whatever, Dude, what, whatever, oh. whatever was whatever was told to him to get him from to move from whatever he was doing in Northern Arizona to how he approached that Idaho game spread across the entire team. And though McGinnis has been gone, that whole team has carried that on. Absolutely, yes. the whole season. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally, hundred percent. All right, anything else for me from you guys? No, I just... Um, God, it's nice having a conversation where you don't have to do the reintroductions. You know, like we did a couple of reads or whatever, but usually I'm like, ah, no honest now, man. It's great just hanging out with you guys. We don't have an hour of fan questions to get to. I was, yeah, say, yeah, so yeah. I was just going to say, no, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting us to be on the pod. It's kind of, of fun. To, this is fun. Yeah. Kind of fun to do something different, even though yeah. it's exactly the same. That's right. <laughs> Except for half as long. Look at us. We hit our, I told you guys, we have an 85 minute time limit. We nailed it right on the dot. All Let's right. Go. Let's go. go. Thanks for letting me pinch hit for Jasper yeah, Moonshot. Yeah, Jasper Moonshot. <laughs> I told you, six man of the year. I called it on Twitter today. <laughs> if life has become overwhelming, crazy, and hectic, then now is the perfect time to try the healing powers of CBD. Greenhouse Pharmacy has a full CBD apothecary with the largest selection of whole plant, full spectrum CBD products in the state of Montana. Choose from high quality brands and products like tinctures, balms, coffees, and tea, edibles, and so much more. Plus, Greenhouse Pharmacy offers exclusive products such as relaxing bath bombs, soaking salts, pain patches, and lotions. Visit Greenhouse Pharmacy on 3rd Street across from the Good Food Store. We got to get another group text with Luke in there because he's just so funny. It has been fun. Like I will say, I know we're running over now, but it's no, it's, okay. it's been kind of fun to hear people say how much they like the pod. Yes. Yeah. And you know, of all places, there was like an appreciation post on Egris recently. But like even talking to people around town and they're like, I didn't even know that they listened to the pod. They're all like uni- universally. Yeah. I hear one comment more than everything else. Luke is hilarious. I mean, and he just so it so is. He's just so out of nowhere, man. But it's, it's like so it's intelligent, just so funny, and right? Exactly. You're like, man, that is crazy. But is he right? <laughs> when Dennis called called him the football philosopher in the pulp article, uh, he we were texting with him, and he's like. Oh man, if if my dad was alive, he would have never let me live this down. So I think that if you meet Luke, you have an obligation to Luke's father, who was a good guy, to let him know that uh, we don't know that he's a football philosopher, but he's a good guy. Thank you for bringing up Dundas. He's got to be on this little uh, road to Frisco. I got to get a little sit down with chat for sure. Uh, Big Shot Breakdown, SkylarsportsMT.com, our road to Frisco. Probably presented by Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. They are fiercely passionate about the Missoula community. They want to wish the Grizz great luck on their way to Frisco, Texas. Any and all of your legal needs, whether it's personal injury, criminal defense, DUI, RyanandMillerLaw.com, or you can call anytime, 24-7. They have a uh, live answering service, so there's always someone to talk to. 542-2233, that's 406-542-2233. Also got to say thanks to... Greenhouse Pharmacy, they have the cleanest and uh, most organic flower you can find anywhere in the uh, city of Missoula or the state of Montana. Only green certified dispensary in the state of Montana. Also, they have all sorts of other stuff. The CBD solves, the edibles, all that sort of stuff. Uh, If you want a great experience with a dispensary, go to Greenhouse Pharmacy right across the street from the Good Food Store there on 3rd Street in Missoula. 
Thanks for being here, guys. This was awesome. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you. Old Works Golf Course is one of the most challenging tracks you will find anywhere in Montana, and that's why they host so many of the premier golf tournaments around the Treasure State. The 18-hole course measures at more than 7,700 yards, making it one of the longest courses in the Big Sky State. The Jack Nicholas design comes from one of the best players of all time and one of the world's leading course designs. Jack Nicholas has designed over 310 courses, including this gem located in Anaconda, Montana. Montana. Although right now, golf season is coming to a close, the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamy is now open all winter. Andrew can help you with expert swing and mental coaching, plus custom club fitting, and they have multiple state-of-the-art track band simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works 406-563-5989 and be sure to check out Jack's Grill while you're there. Jack's Grill is also open year-round. Old Works Golf Course a gem of the Treasure State located in Anaconda, Montana. Whether you're a sports fan or you run a business, you got to have something to wear. Why not get it branded? Why not represent your favorite sports teams, your favorite high school, your favorite college, your favorite pro team? Why not represent your business when you're out and about your respective communities? Anode Designs can help you out. Anode Designs, our great friend Blake Hempstead, contributor at Skyline Sports. He's the man in charge there at Anode, and they can get you hooked up with everything from Anaconda Copperhead gear to any and every sort of branded gear for your business. Find out more, visit anodesigns.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Anode Designs is located at 421 East Park Avenue in Anaconda. You can find them on Facebook or you can give them a call, 406-563-0121. Where we get all our gear from Skyline Sports, Anode Designs in Anaconda. <laughs> 